right here. The name is Paul Revere, and here's a guy that says if the weather is clear, can do. Can do. This is Bill Duncliffe. I want to welcome you back to another edition of the Can Do Podcast, where the heroes and history of horse racing come alive, part of the In The Money Media Network. This is another episode of our Beyond the Backstretch series, celebrating and illuminating the lives of the backstretch heroes who make our sport run every day. Followers of this podcast know that I have always been especially enthralled with the rich history of our sport of horse racing. The equine athletes, the people, the moments, the hidden stories that comprise the quilt of memories that warm those of us who love this sport. In the course of this podcast several seasons now, I have been fortunate enough to make contact with a great many number of people who have shared such stories with me. One of them was Paul Ruchames, Executive Director of the Backstretch Employees Service Team of New York. Through my conversations with Paul, the idea for the Beyond the Backstretch series was born. Given my love of the history of this sport, and with this series focused on the lives of the hardworking members of the backstretch community, talking with Louis Carrasco, Papa Louis, as he is known to everyone on the backstretch in New York, was a natural. His memories of and stories about the backstretch go back longer than this later stage baby boomer has even been alive, dating back to the time Louis left his native Argentina in the early 1950s and run right up to the present day. And while some of the memories may be slightly imperfect versus the historical record, given his 90-plus years, those can be excused, right? Hell, I have trouble remembering what I had for breakfast this morning. What is important are the rich narratives Papa Louis brings alive. From famous horses to famous people to, wait for it, memorable games of bumper pool. All accented with the richness of his natural personality or, as one would say in his native Spanish, his alegria de la vida, his joy of life. Enjoy. Louis Carrasco first came to this country after beginning his career as an apprentice rider in his native Argentina and then spending some time in Chile as well. Coming to New York, he rode a few races at Aqueduct in a time when daily attendance was in the tens of thousands. While his owners may not have wanted to hear it, Louis was not shy about sharing his opinions about the horses who made the journey to New York with him. The guy helped me out here. I rode a few races again, Aqueduct in 1950. But Argentine horses, they were no, not very much, <laughs> not very much classic for races for American horses. So. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, I had a tough time to, to win race the weather, but they don't win. They finished behind all the time in the wrong. <laughs> they were in the wrong, wrong place, wrong right track. <laughs> I, I told it to the, the owner. I said, you must take the horses to some other trap because this trap is too big for them. Okay. They are cheap, cheap horses. After his initial foray to New York, Louis made his way to various venues around the country. His memories include, as he says, good horses, good trainers, good jockeys, and good people. They also include, to today's ear, some revealing notes about working conditions, wages, and prices back in the day. But he did take advantage of his travels to experience the racing thrills a certain late runner gave racing crowds in the late 1950s, even if that horse gave Louis some heart-stopping moments. Saranita, for almost three months and day, I come back here to New York. 
Okay. From here, I stayed a little while here. I went to Florida. I went to Arizona. I was in Chicago. I've gone to so many tracks. I've seen so much. Good horses, good shine, good jacket. I saw all that. Yeah. But you know, eh, take a lot of eyes to watch all those things and remember. I, I remember like it was today. I saw something. I can't believe that only in America <laughs> it happened. Those little things I see. In Arizona, that time, it was 90 degrees. And the walkers, they walk one horse and each hand. <laughs> in one long run, like a Cora Maya row, one Cora Maya release, they go back and forth, just said, one horse and each hand, like a pony of horse. Yeah. Real skinny, so hard, no, no chase around there. Yeah. The horse, they sweat so much. And, and those times, one dollar for each horse oh, to wow. walk, to make it two wow. dollars. In those times. Wow. Can you imagine that? No. I went no. to California for the first time. Ten cents cup of coffee. Ten cents Coca-Cola. That's yeah. what I was drinking with it. Coca-Cola yeah. or, or coffee or tea. Ten mm -hmm. cents. I, I was in California in, in 1958. Okay. And uh, I, I saw Ron Sullivan over there. Oh, did you really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, the horse, he come in 20 lane behind the group. Yeah. He, he, he went all the race. He went all big race. He was big, big fat belly, chin. He don't look like it. He was sick, but either mm -hmm. way, he was built very heavy. And he was very quiet. He wrong with red color and they had a red bonbon in the tail. And then the man, the main with red bonbon there. Oh, oh. no kidding. <laughs> yeah, he, he brings all people to the race every, yeah, every, yeah. every time he run because it was something else to see. He coming 15, 20 laying behind the, the, the leader. And he finally, he win all the race like that. He don't, he don't pick a bit in the mouth to, after we run, well, Maya, <laughs> they were at the run, forget him. He won't fly by the horses. The, the way you describe him, it probably took him a long, you know, being a big, uh, heavy horse, took him a while to get going, I guess, right? Yeah, uh, the first time I bet, I bet five dollars, and I saw broken from the gate, I said, I was almost a cry, I said, I'm going to lose my five dollars. That horse, <laughs> that horse, he got left from the gate. No, no, Luis. The guy who was right next to me, he told me, no, no, it's a way it run. He comes from there like a, like a, he no feel like to run, but it's the way he is. Yeah. Oh, and, and he win all the big races. He bring all people, Rosario, Santanita. Oh, yeah. my God. They come and see him only. You'll recall in our first two Beyond the Backstretch episodes, both Tom Morley and Francisco Barrera talked about the inherent danger on the track as workouts are conducted in the morning. It was one morning in the 1960s when Louis was galloping horses for John Mayrood that he witnessed an incident 
that gave birth to the name of one of the all-time legends of our sport. You know, I was all over the horse of the name, Dr. Fegis. Oh, sure, the, of course. Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. And yeah. a lot of people here in Retra now, they don't know where, where Kamal was a, was a name, the horse. Mm-hmm. Well, I was working for Jan Nura, okay. signing the Dr. Fegis signing, and Jan got a hurt one morning on the track, and I was coming out of horses, and I, I saw Jan stretched out and caught a Maya pole. He was on a pony, and he coming one loose horse belonged to him, and he wanted to catch him. He was on a pony, he wanted to catch him, and the horse was coming so fast, he take him over the the pony head. He took him out of the complete of the pony. Oh, wow. The loose horse. No kidding. And, well, I come and got over way behind and I went by. My boss was stretched out in the, in the ground there and the quarter of my post. The pony loose running and the other horse keep running from the right horse. The horse take him out. Complete off the pony, he was coming so fast. And Mr. Nura, he got a hold of the, the ring, but the horse was so strong, he coming so fast, he take him complete out of the pony. And the pony came all over, he hit him in the head. They take him to the hospital, they fly him to Chicago, in Chicago, have some doctor that he operated the, the, the head, the, he had a bad brain there. Mm-hmm. They operated uh, Mr. Nura and, uh, and the doctor was the name, Dr. Fager. The doctor he operated Mr. Nura. Oh, of course. That one was the name of the doctor. Yes, and, yeah, okay. And okay. Jan, Jan Nura, he had a fun in Ocala. He run, he had a lot of good horses, two-year-old, young horses, well-bred horses, and uh, he made two horses to to us when I got well enough. We, I got two horses coming up from the farm, from Ocala, and they are good, supposed to be good horses. They're all bunch. They have 10, 15 young horses, and these two, he named, all people we work on the table for him, he told us, there are two horses over there, they're coming, they're going to be, probably take horses. Mm-hmm. They look good, they, they act good in the farm, and they are well bred, and sure enough, one was Dr. Fager. Louis was fortunate enough to gallop the great Dr. Fager for John Nehrud. But the headstrong Colt and the great Willie Shoemaker proved not to be as good a fit. Ultimately, the Nehru team settled on Braulio Baeza as the regular jockey for Dr. Fager, and history was made by this great champion. But that was not before Dr. Fager's ill-fated experience with Panamanian icon Manny Ikaza, whose rough-riding style resulted in one of the most controversial disqualifications in our sports history. You can just imagine that Bayern, Bob Baffert, and Martin Garcia, upon hearing that story, are breathing a sigh of relief somewhere. True enough. Dr. Fager did not be 
the greatest horse in every distance, record in short races, record in long races. Wow. He win every race he, he can run, and, and he give it to me to to gallop. It. So oh, I, I I was galloping him all the time. He oh, wins wow. so many races. Uh, one time he, he sent for Chumake to ride him. Chumake came from California. Mm -hmm. he, he rode that horse. And uh, that horse was so fast. He, he got on the lead. Chumake can hold him. He opened up too far in front. And he came in some horse of the night. Damasco, he was signed mm -hmm. by Frank Wiley. Mm -hmm. yeah. Damasco beat him to the end. Right. Since right. then, he, he changed the jack. He said, we got to get some rider can, can hold the horse. He got Bravely Baeza. Ah, he put okay. Bravely Baeza. Yeah. Baeza hold him back because he had too much speed and he was free running. Yeah. And then, uh, by ese take a hold, he got him. He, he, he hold him all right. He, he continue win all the state in different distances. Short mm -hmm. races, long races. He win everything. Right. And one day I fly from Florida with him in a plane. I got, I, I got him in Belmont one Sunday. Mm -hmm. And he, supposed to be running a Genesis on a state races. So we we got here as little snow. We managed to jag him around, jag him around and the stable because he was coming ready already be breathed over there in Florida he was ready to mm -hmm. come to yeah. go to Jersey mm -hmm. to run the races. So we take him over there to Jersey. He went by 15 lanes, and he got qualified because Manuel Casa he rode him that time. He, he hit somebody right next to him, coming out of the gate. Oh, right. He hit the horse right next to him. Right. And fortunately, the horse is in a second. The right. horse, Dr. Fagy hit him in the gate. He's in a second. So they the qualify, they give the race to the other horses. He put a Dr. Fager by second, second position. Oh, man. I can't believe it. he went by 16 lanes. And, and Manuel Casi had a best, best reputation like a rough rider. Right, right. He, he finished a career with 500 days suspension. And, oh, wow. And in a short time he, he rode races. Oh, Every man. time he rode races, he do something to the other jackets. He was complete. Desastre. He was good rider, but he was, he was too rough, too. Yeah. And then, one way he was suspended, and uh, he run, he ride in all the big races, and one way he was making some mistake with all the jackets, with all the horses, and they give suspension 20 days, 15 days. He was all the time, suspended because it's the way he, he was riding. He was crazy riding. He, he was good riding, but he, you know, you know, have 
much as discipline to ride it. You know, he was a little crazy in terms of horses. Time it was, and what a time it was, it was A time of innocence, a time of confidences Louis also picked up the galloping duties on another memorable name, a cleverly named one given that this colt was owned by a renowned stage and film entrepreneur and was out of a mare named Peroxide Blonde. This horse is also memorable for the capstone he placed on a most controversial Triple Crown season. Bonus, you'll also hear another memorable name in this snippet, that of jockey Hiliodoro Gustines, once dubbed the best grass course rider in the United States, and by the way, rider for Forgo in 31 straight races, victorious in 21 of them. I started galloping Green Tree, Green Tree Stable, and okay. I went out galloping the horse of the night, Tejo Dorigiani. He win the oh, Belmont wow. State here. Oh my! You were yeah. there for Johnny? Yeah, oh. I, I was a little bit of horse. Chain the big, big horses, but uh, Prince Jan and the mother was it was nice cross-eyed blonde. Mm-hmm. The mother was cross-eyed blonde because okay. he got a tail, different color tail, tail of Jan, and the mother was cross-eyed blonde, nice the mother. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, so it, 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 it come out with that night because they see the, the, the tail with different colors, faded colors, the tail of the horse. And yeah. the mother, it was a night cross-eyed blonde. So <laughs> it's actually, it's it, it look like a tail. So many great stories from Louis, some of which harken back to a guys and dolls kind of era when trainers like Pancho Martin and owner restaurateur Emil Dolce claimed horses like Manasseh Mahler, who went on to win the Wood Memorial at odds of 63 to 1. I wish we had time for all of them, but I think my personal favorite is Louis' story about a game of bumper pool as combative as anything the Roman Coliseum ever saw. Teams were drawn up, two famous trainers on either side, but the match really came down to Louis versus jockey Eddie Belmonte. Ali Jenkins, uh, Eddie Belmonte, Jackie, he was ready for, for Ali Jenkins, yep. and Frank Marty, and myself. Okay. We went one morning in the morning line in the cafeteria, played some games, they call it Bompe Pool. Sure. Bumper pool, they got five ball in each corner. Yeah. And they fight back and forth. And they got a hole there. They got to try put the, the ball in the hole. And they, you got to have a very good touch for that. Because the bumper, they got they are rolling. Anytime the ball, he touch a bumper, go anyway. So you got to, you got to have a good, good touch with, with yeah. a cute stick, uh, with a stick, when you hit the ball, try to go to the hole, no, no hit the bumper because the bumper is going to send to you any play. Yeah. And yeah. I got it in a, in a, in a, I got in a, in a, the cafeteria by 11.30 in the morning, I just finished all the horses, and I come in over there and I see, 
Ramarty Argyme, güey. Güey, Alex Jenkins. Que mm -hmm. You, you are better than me. You are, you are not better than me in this game. I'm the best, from Marty. Yeah. And Alex Jacobs said, no, no, no. I'm the best. And Alex Jacobs said, find us some partner, and we play partner for $100. One table, $100. Mm -hmm. Alex Jacobs, he said, I take my jacket because Eddie Vermonti, he really can play the game. Yeah. And my say, I play good too, I'm good play. Fred Martin don't play much at all. Alex Jacobs don't play much at all. So anyway, the cafeteria, they got food of people watching the game. And between Fred Martin, Alex Jacobs, Eddie Vermonti, and my say. Mm -hmm. And we play $400. Pancho, Pancho, he said, we play for hundred dollar, Louis. I say, listen, I know how a hundred dollar with me. I got twenty dollar here. I pay you twenty dollar for coffee in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> Every morning I pay you twenty dollar with me. I know how no hundred with me. It's no whatever. Whatever tell is. I got the money. We're going to we're going to be the big big bow all the Jenkins. I said, Oh my god. You said it? I said, He said, Yeah. You, you wanna be my partner? Pancho is a friend of mine. You wanna be my partner, Luis? I said, okay. We start playing. Mm -hmm. And thank you to Alex Jenkins. He made so many mistakes. <laughs> More mistakes than Fred Martin. <laughs> the game was in between the Eddie Vermonti and myself, man. And so, we gotta clean up, clear out the table for those two because the two, the, and so they make a mess over there. They don't know to play the game at all. Yeah. And they make it very hard to me and very hard to Eddie Vermonte to play the game because these people that they throw the ball any any place, they don't know. <laughs> they don't know how they got to play the game. Arriving home in triumph, Louis was faced with the unenviable task of convincing his unbelieving wife that his pocket full of cash was on the up and up. My wife is one twenty in the afternoon. She just coming from the track. I said, no, I tell her what happened. I stop in the coffee shop, and these people are arguing, want to play bumper pool, and one of shiny need a partner, so he take me for partner. And we play the game. You you gotta see the, the cafeteria was full of people watching the game. <laughs> to sign it, a jacket, and me, Hector and Riley. We couldn't leave this podcast without letting Louis recount his memories of bumper pool foe and legendary racing figure, the chief, Alan Jerkins. Me and Alan Jerkins we were pretty good friends. We took it. All the time, he'd be racing horses, and I'd be coming home. i go by by, by his table, and i see Alan with a big belly, no short on, <laughs> racing one horse. And i stop over there and talk to him. Mm -hmm. And I would tell him, I say, Alan, why you not go to Argentina and buy one good horse over there? You can win all the races, long races here. In this country, the way you shine it, 
whether you know, beside the horses, you get rich. You go over there, buy the one horse, good, allowing horse over there, you bring them over here, and you make a stay horse here. That way you'll be making some men of the stay horses. The big one, they run on the grass, they run long race and mile and a half like an ass. They run mile and a half like an ass over there. So mm-hmm. maybe they run mile and a half over there. Right. You bought right. one, a lot of horses in Argentina, you bring them in here, and you make a stay horse here, and you win a lot of money with that horse. He said, yeah, but yeah, I got to hire somebody can go away maybe because <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah, I don't understand any of those people were there. Yep. That's what we were talking about Alan all the time. Finally, I thought it would be worthwhile to share Louis' sentiments about the habits that have kept him going all of these years. Although I think any discerning listener knows it's Louis' approach to his work, the people around him, and to his life that is the key to his longevity. I get early in the morning and do exercise, move around, and I talk, take my vitamins, I eat good, rest forever when I can, I rest, and uh, that's why it keeps me alive. I have a cigar all the time in my mouth, but I, I, I never learned to smoke it. Really? <laughs> Just the idea. I have a cigar in the mouth. I never learned to inhale any kind of cigarillo or cigar. And uh, I, I, I buy both. I buy, I buy a cigarette and I buy cigar. And I, I just pop it in the throw them out. I never learned to exhale. Never. Long ago it must be, I have a photograph. Preserve your memories, they're all that's left you. I'm grateful to Paul Ruchames, Executive Director of the Backstretch Employee Services Team, for connecting me with Papa Louie, and I'm especially grateful to Louie for sharing his stories and his life with me. Listeners of a certain age will recall the classic feature from Reader's Digest, My Most Unforgettable Character. For me, and for all the right reasons, that person is Louie Carrasco, Papa Louie. We'll be back next month to share another story that takes us beyond the backstretch. As we always say here, may good health and happiness and gratitude for both be yours, to you and your loved ones, today and always. I got the horse.